Hey guys, it's Reese. And Brie. And welcome back to The Confidence Cast. Uh, I just want to get that part over with. Yeah, we always want uh, to. Today we are joined by Willers. Oh, Willers! Willers! <laughs> Willers, hon! No stated full name. <laughs> Um, my name is William O'Connor. I don't preferably go by William. It's normally Will. It's just yeah. a lot more, less formal. Will, will I like yeah. being formal though. So I'm like, William! So, <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes formal's good. Willem. 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 Oh, Willem okay. And tell our audience what you do for all of them. So my full-time, uh, my full-time job is a hairstylist. He did my hair today and it's beautiful. Yeah. I know, I walked in, I was like, is that your own hair? <laughs> All her own. All oh, man, bitch. She's All very man. blessed. She's very blessed. <laughs> yes. In that way. <laughs> Every other way, not so much. So, um, how did we meet? We went at the confidence class. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say who he is. Because everyone was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That guy at the end of the video is so nice. Then we all became friends. Yeah. Like, literally... So, at the end of the confidence class, like, promo video, you see Will, and he's like, you've changed my life. And yeah. that's who we got on, yes. because we love our own egos being inflated. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> well, that's the reason I'm sitting here today, really, is confidence class. Thank so that, you. That, for me, Thank was you. a major step. It was, because I... Jesus, great testimonial for the <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm very much so independent in regards to, I've no problem going anywhere by myself, or eating by yeah. myself, or... But for me, that was a big step because going into the outside world as a sober man alone mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. by itself, of course, quite difficult. But mm-hmm. going into a room full of, I suppose, inspirational or other inspirational people and people I would look up to in regards to, you know, I aspire to certain people mm-hmm. and, you know, I look up to different people in different ways for different reasons yeah you know and for me that definitely brought me out of my shell as a person and what i'm about and what i want to go forward from here and what i want to make very clear okay oh, i like that, Jesus, that was... lads like, hello he's we actually for mr world <laughs> actually we have a bit we finally have a bit of intellect on the podcast yeah. <laughs> like fuck you <laughs> like let me don't say that loud and clear oh. Sorry, sorry, Mo- Molly's giving me the middle finger in the background. Yeah. <laughs> we have an audience here today. We do. Um, Live show. Anyway. Buy tickets. <laughs> so basically what I have learned from Will and our conversations is that he has struggled in past times with addiction. Um, I don't know exactly to which substances, but like it's come up in our conversations when we talked about it. And like, you know, I'm very open with you about like what I've struggled with. And yeah, I think it's just good to have someone to talk to, yeah. like, especially when like little issues come up in yeah. my head, like, you know, like nights out and stuff like yeah. that. So and have- it's nice to um, maybe give some people who are struggling or someone who might listen to us and yeah. be going through a hard time, someone who's come out of that in a very positive like, way. I'm just going to say, like, I myself have personally struggled before with, like, you know, binge drinking and substance abuse, mm. which is extremely common nowadays, mm. like, especially yeah. in Limerick. Um, drugs is a huge, huge thing at the moment. Yeah, and, like, I think binge drinking is just, like, in an Irish culture, but it definitely did affect my life a lot mm. last year up to a point where... 
it was kind of rock bottom and I thought okay this is like what I have to like I can't do this anymore yeah, like there's nothing left of me and it's literally just like it was that point I said there's nothing left it's of me and because what that's what that's what the, what the alcohol is doing there it's telling your you know it's telling your body that it's a re- recurring situation yeah. you know it's you you feel fantastic yeah and you feel great and you're drinking and mm-hmm. you're around fantastic people but what the knock-on effect is you wake up the following morning and the only thing to make that feeling go away mm-hmm. is to drink more. more i wasn't around fantastic people to be honest but i just thought like you know what i was having such a good laugh yeah so that kind of made me think that i was around good people of course because i was just like literally like always like dying laughing and sometimes they're the worst people and they yeah they turned out to be the worst people yeah, for me like. you're living your best life when you're with them but yes. what happens then is they're showing you the commercial side of how fantastic all of it is and yeah. it looks great and party life is fantastic mm-hmm. but they're not at home with you when you have to go home and you have to face reality or when yeah. you hit a bad day or exactly. when you hit a wall when you where come are down they? like yeah. when you come down off of whatever you may be on yeah where are them people then yeah you know it's where are they really. for you exactly you know i suppose they're kind of like sure get over it like yeah, yeah. they don't care because they don't they're care. either doing their own thing or they're probably back on it again or yeah. they're off getting drunk or yeah. they're off getting high so yeah. they're they're living their life where you're suffering yeah you know they don't mm-hmm. they don't they see they see what they want to see yeah and they don't Completely. they don't they don't look into anything else so like what would you say your main addictions are is so, it drugs or was it alcohol? My main my main addiction mm-hmm. was alcohol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like I suppose, I go back a bit into my own personal life and my growth. Yeah, my like when did it stuff start? Like that. And yeah. Like, so how did you I realize it. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm a country boy. You know, city boy at heart, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. definitely. But like, I was raised in the country. Um, you know, I wasn't raised around alcohol. I wasn't from an alcoholic background. My mm-hmm. parents weren't alcoholics. It wasn't in my family. Mm-hmm. You know, so my, I suppose my first understanding of drink as a child would be social events. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a social yeah. event and there's yeah. drink there, whether it be wedding, funeral, communion, anything. It's anything. all revolved around everything alcohol. in Sunday Ireland. Night. Everything. So, you know, that that was the first thing. In my younger years in school, from I went to a national school in the country, from babies through sixth class, I would have been bullied all through that. Okay. The bullying would have consisted of my weight. It would have consisted of, you know, even at that stage, I suppose, I knew I was different but I couldn't explain to myself because I was so young how different I was. But obviously yeah. the other children around were picking on that. Yeah. And they would, on that, yes, yeah. of course. Because that happened to me too. And Same. they would have used a certain name and they would have called me by this name. And I absolutely despised it for so long. And then, funnily enough, in my adult years, somebody out of nowhere mm-hmm. said it to me. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh my God, mm-hmm. where the fuck did they hear yeah. this? Um, so I'm going to say the name, right? Okay. Go on. Because I can laugh about it now. But yeah. back then I was so allergic. But they yeah. used to call me Wilma. Okay. Like, you know Wilma from the Flintstones? Yeah. Yeah, Wilma. Yeah. Because William Wilma. Yeah. yeah. So that was all through, like, national school. My weight, I was hanging around with the girls in school. And, of course, I knew as a child I was different. Okay. So that, of course, was one psychological effect. Mm-hmm. Bang, number one, as a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and that does impact you a lot like of course. I we, 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 we definitely like had it yeah. like and and the things that like people tell you when you're in those kind of what's this informative years is yeah. it like yeah. when you're forming when you're becoming you know an adult or when yeah. you're developing kind of your developing own personality your own. and awareness of yeah and those yeah. are the things that stick with you forever and Completely. you kind of like get into this like yeah. really dark hole with yeah. it all yeah because you keep obsessing over it <clears> and it's that or you normalize it you're like oh that's just the way it is but like for me yes and, and then when yeah. when yeah. something is said so often to you you believe that. You start to believe it and you start to think, okay, exactly. well, maybe this is mm-hmm. true. So I suppose that would have been the first knock-on effect on me psychologically that I would have carried. Yeah. yeah. Then entering second level, um, I went to a town secondary school. Um, and in that school from first year through second year through third year, it was absolutely, excuse my French, mm-hmm. fucking torture. We curse all the time. We curse all the time. Oh, that's okay. Don't be a so, Don't excuse yourself. <laughs> yeah. So that was absolutely, I can only describe as fucking torture for me. Physically, emotionally, Preaching mentally. Preaching to the choir. Genuinely. Everything. Like, Welcome to my kitchen. Welcome to my kitchen. Shut up, Sophie. We're cooking up a storm here today, lads, I swear. <laughs> because that, I suppose I reflect back on my, my years now in school and I think, okay, which would have affected me most? What would have brought me to my to my place where I went to? What would have been the knock-on effect in it? So I think of all of these things now because I'm in the right frame of mind mentally to go back that far and think of, okay, what actually was it? For me, it was, number one, my sexuality. That was the biggest, I suppose, that was the biggest grip that anybody could have held on to and of course, I don't have to get into names. You all know them. So that would have been my first one. Then my weight would have been another one. At my heaviest, I was 17 stone. Mm-hmm. Now, I, yeah. Oh my God. I'm six foot two. So I'm tall, but I was still round. You know, and people say to me now, you were not fat. I'm like, please, bitch. I was a 36 waist. I was big. So I know okay. I was big, you know. I don't know what that's like. So that's like 36... Well, I was a 36, 38 waist, 32 legs. See, I am a girl and I don't so know I would have those that, measurements. Oh, I, level as I'm 38. So. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I was large. And I was... Okay, like on the top, I was like an extra large XL. Or extra large double XL. Okay. Yeah. And Wait, sorry. So like you've lost all this weight. Do you not have like massive skin flaps? No, because I was so young. Okay. So that's when they, so like they say to lose weight you? young. I was 15. Okay. So yeah. let's say I'll skip all the school stuff and then I'll go on to my, I suppose the bullying in school brought me to a place where I just couldn't handle it anymore mentally. So I had started drinking in school quite young with people around me mm-hmm. and my circle of friends would have always been that bit older anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there would have always been drink around, there would have always been cigarettes around at a very early age. So I suppose I had mm-hmm. my first drink at 13. 13? Like my first, pro- well, well maybe 12 or 13. And that was like, dr- that wasn't like somebody giving it to me like, oh, taste this. You this was had full a on. people's back. Oh, this was full on like, I think I, like three or four naggins the first time. What? Yeah. At yeah. 13? I was, Definitely 12 or 13, yeah. When I had my first, like, drink. And it oh was... Oh, my God. It was a full nagging to, you know, like a small bottle of 7-Up? Yeah. So pour out some of the 7-Up, pour in the full nagging. 
Jesus. Yes. So that was that was the crack. Thirteen years of age. Yeah. Oh but again, gosh. that was the people I was around. They were all. Yeah. Well, how old would they have been then? They like would have 15, been 16? They would have been 16, 17. Oh, well, right. I suppose 15, so, 16. Yeah. yeah. So it was right. you kind of with that group. I was, yeah. I was masking my sexuality by hanging with the cool kids, being the yeah, yeah. the person that go go drinking. Mm-hmm. And because I looked that bit older, I blended. Yeah. So, yeah. so I was getting into thing. I was getting into bars out home when I was 15. Yeah. And they wouldn't have known. And they wouldn't have known no different. And um, where, like... The area you live, yes, is it? Where is it very like rural? It was so where I'm from originally is Arda, so it's a little village outside of Newcastle West and County Limerick. Oh, okay. So Newcastle West would be one of yeah. the biggest towns in West Limerick. Yeah, West Limerick. It is. It's a very vast town. There's a lot happening there. For me personally, it's a very spread out place. I it think. is. It's yeah. very yeah. spread out. There's, you know, it's. You have what you need there. Mm-hmm. I suppose people that live there all their lives are very comfortable where they are mm-hmm. they they don't know no different and yeah. then you plop me in the middle of it and it's like okay they don't know, how to they don't know what's going yeah. on exactly it's that kind of small town mentality it's a small yeah people. and but of it, course is it a small town mentality or is it an Irish mentality no I think it's no I think the small town because if like when I come to Limerick or when I go to Dublin or like I've lived in Dublin I've lived in Galway I love Cork I've been to all of these cities around and the minute I go there it's like I can I can just be me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I go out home and yeah, of course I'm me. I never change who I am as a person. Mm. But of course I can't be 100% me like around certain people if yeah. that makes sense because like they're they weren't raised with it or they yeah. weren't brought up with it or they just they're just it's blind. It's not really a progressive. No, they society. just don't know. Yeah. They don't know like yeah. Or number one, they just probably don't even like. But like, I know you feel that way in terms of like your sexuality and stuff. But I have definitely felt like that small town mentality in other aspects of my life. Like yeah. you know, with my mom being from Brazil, or like me living abroad, and like just like being different in any way. I feel like even in Limerick, which is a city, like I do feel like there's still that small town mentality. Like it's just a small town mentality with everything we've done. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's a small town mentality. Yeah. I think it's an Irish mentality that there's a lot of I people think... who are stuck in their ways and just cannot seem to wrap their heads around. Literally. You know, like the stuff we do. Yeah, it is. And we're just being like progressive. Like we woke. We are. We woke. We, we, yeah. we woke. <laughs> we woke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I th- maybe it's like age as well. A lot of them, you know, would be in the older age so. bracket. Yeah. But they, see the thing is now, the difference between Limerick and West Limerick. Yeah. Big difference. Huge. Huge. Major. Literally yeah. different poles of like I the have, world. Like, my, like I have, like say my family, my, my immediate family at home. Yeah. I have three siblings. One younger, two older. So the older siblings I'd know that they, they're friends and I'd know my younger sister's friends and mm-hmm. yeah. to be honest I fucking kind of know everybody and yeah. they all kind of know me as oh Will the hairdresser or yeah. Willers or Will I am yeah. or whatever they may say you know they yeah, always come yeah. up with something yeah. but you still have again that older mindset of people that are again just stuck in their ways that just to be honest, they, they just don't know. They have they don't they don't know information about it. Yeah. Yeah. People are always afraid of what they don't know. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, always be always. afraid of the unexpected, isn't it? 
Is, yeah. it, is that the same yeah. thing? I don't know. I don't know either. I think that might be wrong. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Shakespeare. It's so, Yeti. <laughs> but that definitely like affected your kind of struggles. Yes. So Obviously like. Then so. my junior cert was coming. So I set my junior cert. And after I finished, I came home and I was like, mom, I've left school. And she was like, you what? So I was like, and I had genuinely gone behind her back. I had applied for a. Oh yeah, I'd actually gone, applied for a FOSS course here in Limerick. Got the FOSS course and there was a salon in Newcastle West at the time. It was the most popular salon in Newcastle mm-hmm. West um, called The Cube. So I like was like, okay, I'm all over that. Mm-hmm. 15 years old. I was like, I want to be better than yeah. what yeah. I could. You know, I wanted to be, so, I wanted to, to be something else. To be That's something amazing. else. Yeah, I wanted to be me. That's so cool that you're like 15 and you just had the balls to do that because I couldn't fucking leave my room to go to school at the age of 15 I just, I'd be having panic attacks I think so. be, again like that because I was that bit I suppose I thought differently and I knew yeah. I knew school would never get me anywhere yeah like I wouldn't have what I, you want I wouldn't have gone to college yeah so I would have just added on three extra years of my curriculum for nothing, nothing. Yeah. do you know what I mean so it's good though that you knew what you wanted to do with what you I did age. so I walked in the door of the cube and I was met this girl um and I'm smiling here now because this girl, mm-hmm. I call her like a little brat stop. Yeah. For the simple reason, she is so petite. Yeah. And she has this big mm-hmm. like bouncy hair and she's yeah. just gorgeous. Oh. So she, at the, no, we're, we'd be good, good, good buddies now. Like, mm-hmm. but, yeah. so she met me at reception and she said that the owner was gone on her honeymoon. We'll take your information. We'll call you. And I left on the thoughts of, I will never hear from them. Mm-hmm. Just for the simple fact that there was nobody here to me. Yeah. Like, blah, blah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Lo and behold, a week later, I got a phone call and the proprietor, Trish, asked me to come down, met her, and we literally kicked it off. We were like, okay, boom. I was the only guy in there, 15 years old. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's mad. <laughs> and I was going in and just be like, oh my God. <laughs> this is where things get a dark. bit shitty nice. and a bit dark. Okay. Um, so I was 15 years old at 17 stone entering a salon full with slender glamorous tall small beautiful women can't relate <laughs> sorry <laughs> dragging myself but it's fine <laughs> i was this gay 17 stone 15 year old boy that mm. was lost mm. absolutely completely lost and i was in my head i was in my head, I was visually different, but I wasn't. If that makes com- if that makes sense at all, actually. Yes. Yeah. So I suppose rolling on time a little bit. You know, I was getting my qualifications. I was being trained in salon, which was the best training that I've ever got. Well, I, that's the only training I've ever mm-hmm. gotten. Like, but it, it was the best training. Yeah. At that time, because you're more hands on with everything. You yeah. you see everything right there. You're not in a yeah. doll's head. You're yeah. with a human being. Exactly. They can talk to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a bit of chit chat. Yeah. Can't deal now with the silence. No. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was, yeah, so it was like, great. I was learning all my bits and bobs and I was there like two years and then I was qualified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and of course, in that two years, you had your parties, you had drinking. I had moved out of home at 15 at that time. Where were you living? Where were you I living? was still living in Newcastle West. So I'd moved out of my home house. Um, 
and I moved in with a friend of mine. We had our own place. Mm-hmm. It was great. I was basically working, but training, and I was getting paid oh to do it. Oh my gosh! Okay. So I could afford at 15, to at fifteen. So I could afford to live at a home. And do you feel like you're mentally mature enough at that age to to be doing that? Yes. That's good. Okay. Because me like, at fifteen, me at twenty-one years of age, I can't genuinely do like Reese having a mental breakdown. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my god, how do I turn on the gavel? <laughs> yeah. I like like yeah no because that oh literally in Cardiff hi hello darling like Domino's Pizza here I'm like um yeah the regular <laughs> me, for, me for the seventh time this week how are you but like Happy oh my Sunday. god literally yeah. that is crazy well 15. Judy how was your day <laughs> <laughs> but like anyway. 15 I can't even wrap my head around that yeah like it was I knew it was what I wanted because I was so aware of what I wanted my life to be. Okay, cool. So I was like, okay, I'm doing this move, moved out of home, getting trained, and it was fast life, it was parties, it was weekends out, and it was... With the other hairdressers? Yes. Okay. And of course, then you're mixing with not alone hairdressers in your locality, but you're mixing with hairdressers in Limerick, you're going to hair shows in Dublin, you're seeing a lot more, you're going to fashion yeah. shows, photo yeah. shoots. Yeah. You're seeing a lot more than... Newcastle West. It's very, it's very hustle and bustle. Yes, and it's like, as they say, it's very behind the scenes in certain ways that, you know, there is a very, like, people have a lot of descriptions of hairdressers or hairstylists or yeah. whatever, you know, the label may, you one may put on the actual title, we'll call it. Yeah. Because I know everybody has their own judgment on it. Yeah. But, in regards to that, I know a lot of people's judgments of hairstylist or hairdressers they get very much into party drugs yeah work yeah you know that's the, some that's people, the lifestyle that's yeah and some yeah. people in the outside world yeah do know that that is the lifestyle the lifestyle yeah. of hairdressers you know somebody mm-hmm. says like oh this hairdresser in Dublin right I'm yeah. not this is not a particular yeah, yeah, person I'm only exactly, hypothetically yeah, yeah. speaking so you've like this hairdresser in Dublin, whether it be he or she, mm-hmm. work in a particular salon. Oh, they're on coke seven days yeah. a week. That's how they function and work. They're taking yeah. it off the toilet, or yeah. blah blah blah, and that's the reputation that hairdressers have gotten over yeah. the years from their actions. Yeah. Do you know? And it's it's not it's not that it's and not known it's thing. just painting people with the same brush I that's think is what it. you're trying to get at that's it yeah. and I think that happens in every walk of life though to be honest one million like percent. bloggers yeah life, everything yeah. like everything yeah but it is it does seem to be one that hasn't shifted much within the hairdressing industry when you think about it no like when yeah. like it's still very much related to hairdressers yes yeah. and unfortunately for me that's where I got completely Sucked in. Sucked, Sucked in, in the world. To the fast life, the fast Because you want lane. to keep up. You don't want to be excluded. I wanted to be my best, best possible self. Yeah, and because that's what's related to the hairdressing title you just And I was going with that it. you have to go with I it. I was yeah. going with it. I was going to these events. I was going to these parties. And don't get me wrong, I was absolutely having a ball. But then you've the behind the scene. You are behind the scenes, should I say. You have run into the toilet every five seconds to take a line of coke because you can't function. You have the constant want. You have the constant need, the constant craving for whether it be a substance or whether it be 
drink. Do you know what I mean? In my case, it was drink. It was purely drink at that particular time. Do you feel like the drink was kind of used as a numbing agent? Like The drink was, I can like 1 million percent, you know, confirm. The drink for me was, it wasn't, it was numbing, yes. But for me, the drink actually blocked out an awful lot. So yeah, it is numbing. From yeah. my past. Mm-hmm. That I suppose I would have never spoke about mm-hmm. or never brought up to anybody and mm-hmm. um, you know at as I said you know that's great moving out at 15 and again you know this is going back to you know not knowing what goes on behind the scenes mm-hmm. and of course it was great living out of home at that age and having my independence and being able to do what I wanted to do and you know having money and whatever it may be but then there was also decide where I was drinking a lot there was the side of you know at 15 years old I was sexually abused in Newcastle West so there's that as well that I took around with me for so many years and not telling anybody about and holding the drink as my crutch so anytime I thought of that you drink. I drank so it did numb it blocked it definitely fucking blocked it completely like disappeared from from my memory until I'd wake up the following day and then fuck you're slapped with it in yeah. the face do you know and you're like the only thing that'll get rid of this thought is another drink is another yeah. drink and that's oh do you know it would have been now don't get me wrong it, I'm not going to sit here and say that I was an alcoholic at 15 mm-hmm. like but, but it was the start of that started, when, oh like, that's when yeah. that's when shit got real like that's when shit hit the fan and it it was when the like the thought of drink was weekends going out and, you know, having friends you would have wine with or blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I, I was a wine drinker. Like, mm-hmm. all my days, like, give me a glass of Pinot any day. And mm-hmm. yeah. that was... But I think, again, the, I drank wine. To And again, it was fucking pretentiousness. It was drinking to wine. To fit in. To fit in and hold this big fuck off of a glass. Yeah. And look a certain yeah. way and fit in and yeah. be a certain that is part is. and that was it it was I wanted it's to the be. image of what you wanted Boom, to be you've hit the nail on the head it was I wanted to look a certain way and you felt like the glass of wine was like your weapon this was it I was around beautiful people I was around glamour I was around everything but then again my life in the background was crushing I was in the depth of bulimia I was in the depth of like drink I was dabbling in drugs like and the bulimia is another part of my life yeah. that is was a major knock on mentally for me like you know being told as a child you're fat or being told as a child you're ugly of course that's going to mentally fucking mess with your head which it did with me you know as you with all of us on this table yeah mm. so it's that's one thing that I brought with me as like up into my teenagers from my childhood was Oh, it was basically I I'd been told for so long that I was a certain way and I was this person so I actually started to believe that I was never good enough for anybody so I started to believe okay well look they're telling me all the time well I'm fat so that's the truth you're ugly so that's the truth do you know nobody loves you or nobody like that do you know like who the who says that now do you know what I mean well I know it's not now well, back then but even so how old are you sorry I'm 26 now so you're 26, so you're a bit older than us. 
like even back then like I'm we, catching up on you though yes, <laughs> yeah. like we like even I feel like we were even a different generation to yeah really young. you didn't like, have all the social media bullshit they didn't have you all were, that like, so if you didn't say you're younger it, than I am Reese, but I yeah. feel like there was a big difference oh my year. god there was a and big I, difference I fucking noticed it when I repeated my leaving sir I literally hated absolutely everybody in that year I'm sorry yeah. they were all so stupid it's like, worse like <laughs> it's worse and I feel honest. like back in like when William was a teenager it was like mm. you have to yeah. say it. but like but you have to it say it in person yeah. yeah and I feel like that must have been okay a lot obviously, harder to deal obviously yeah. it's yeah. A, a painful whenever you see bad words about you whether it be on Instagram or whether it be in person or whether mm. it be anywhere but I feel like it being told to your face looking yeah. into your eyes the neck of that people like mm. But when you're when you're when it's been as like that when you said when it's been verbally said to you yeah. like when they're looking at you and they're like I oh. feel like that's more powerful whereas if it's written down you can you don't attach a face to the yeah. what they're yeah. saying so you can kind it's of say, a mindless like, like fuck off person. like who yeah. even are you, you exactly know I mean? but, but if someone is in your face telling you these things it's a completely different story you it actually it's a bit scary because yeah. it's a bit you, fe- you yeah. feel almost like they're being aggressive yes and it hasn't happened to me a lot scary, but the times like, it has happened to me you feel like a shell you feel like yeah. you were like, like you literally want to crawl into your yeah. armadillo yeah <laughs> like it can because it can like it can take you from your childhood to your teenagers and all through your adulthood like if you're if you're being again as i said if you're being told you're a certain way or you look a certain way then you're going to start believing that mm. do you know yeah. yes. and then that's what i did i started to believe that i was never good enough um so my journey then i suppose really started in, um, I'm gonna have to go off the track now. On my fucking head. You're okay. Go on. <laughs> um. So I suppose with my qualifications and all that, I had travelled from Newcastle West to Galway. Okay. Um, and I fitted into Galway like nobody's business. It yeah. was just it's just so different. There, it was so it? different. It was yeah. alternative. It was. It was just, it was a different scene for me. I was 18 when I moved to Galway. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was fucking, it was just everything. Like, it was just busy. It was studenty. It was collegey. Mm-hmm. There was a nightlife. Um, and, of course, there With was a party. Comes. And there was fucking, you know, like. The drink was flowing. The drink was flowing. Yeah. And, again, you're... You know, again, I was only 18, so I was still really still young. young. Yeah. So I was leaving my... 18, like... Yeah, I was leaving my surroundings. Even yeah. though I was gone from home, mm-hmm. I was still leaving my locality. Yeah. You know, so I, yeah. Went, so I went up and I started working in a great salon there and moved into my own apartment with another guy. And um, that was interesting in itself anyway yeah um shall we say no more (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah i was working full time and like that you're walking down fucking key street after work you're going in for a glass of wine blah 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 and then you've weddings photo shoots and you're literally you're going on again it's like yeah it's a another social scene and like what was your turning point like when did you realize like you know yeah this is the problem. It needs to stop. Like, what was your rock bottom that like made you that turn your um, switch something in your head? Something in I suppose when when I when I moved to Galway, I met a guy, mm-hmm. 
Um, and we we lived together. We were together for a number of years. We were engaged to get married. Okay. Um, and that that was an amazing part of my life, mm-hmm. of yeah. course, because that person was the part that was the person I yeah. was going to be spending the rest of my life with. Um, but then again, then again, it was also hard for me because at the start of that relationship I suppose I didn't bring my 100% self to the table in regards to my alcohol mm-hmm. um, you weren't upfront about it I I was it's not that I wasn't upfront I Were you I, in denial I think I was very much in denial yeah I think I at that point you thought it was normal I'd when say. I look back now I realize I had a problem then yeah. But at mm-hmm. that particular time, I thought it was social. Yeah. You know, I... I I've been there. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I was drinking... I thought it was great to have a glass of wine when I'm making dinner. So, that was a one... That was my first boo-boo that yeah. was a big, like, I shouldn't have done. Because, like, the one glass of wine is two. But this wine crack started when I was... Like 16, Younger, 17, yeah, yeah, you know, I was doing yeah. that already, but mm-hmm. this was more advanced. This wasn't just that little bit. Yeah. I was going to the off license or the, the supermarket yeah. and I was like, my motto was, I'd always pick up three or four bottles of wine. Mm-hmm. And people used to say to me, why are you getting three or four? Yeah. And I'd be like, well, it's better looking at it than looking for it. How ridiculous yeah. is that? Like, what? I had myself believed. No, I, I understand that. I myself believed that if it was there, it was fine. I like because the fear now. You can take it or leave it, but yes. there's nothing worse than when you need it and it's not there. Yeah, it's like imagine two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like I know there's people out there that can totally relate or that will relate yeah. and that one million percent will relate. If you're out and you're at a party or blah blah blah, and there's no fucking drink, mm-hmm. like you're all like, yeah. what's what, what's going to happen now? We need to find a house or blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But my case was is have it there. And I know there's loads, the majority of people out there that like have fucking bars in their house, yeah. which is like, at the time, if I could have had a bar in my house, which I practically fucking did, <laughs> there would have been a bar, there would have been the whole lot. Do you know, but that was it though. It was, it was a constant, it was a constant drink related. It was always, I'd put drink before, I put drink before anything. Yeah. Well, not anything, but it basically. was basically yeah it was i it was, was my it was part of my routine it was my crutch and like is it like did it affect you financially um i see financially i suppose because i was because i had a steady income yeah financially it didn't really affect me Okay. Mm-hmm. What about with your work then were you did you ever go into work drunk um i i i it, it, I, I suppose when I started to notice that my routine was being affected was when I needed to have a drink before work. Okay. You know, I, yeah. I'd need to have, at the very minor scale, I'd need to have, like, a glass of wine. Like a nice glass mm-hmm. of wine. Mm-hmm. When I say a nice glass, like a healthy portion. Yeah. To a, big, know, yeah. Yeah. Glass a big glass. Yeah. Um, And I was the queen of big glasses. Like, I used to buy the yeah. nicest glasses because it was like, you're, you'd hold yeah. it in your fingers and be like, yeah. yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Like, and TK Maxx was brilliant for nice, big, fuck Don't talk to me about that, please. Oh, stop. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like you would actually never like find me Like a big glass. Like, so, but that was it. And I know it was like, 
that was my thing in the morning. Did it go further than that? Um, than one glass. My initial was one glass. And that would just, it was almost like, it was just like a quick pick me up. Yeah. Because I don't think, because I actually, I, I don't, I've actually never experienced a hangover. It was all, it was almost like routine. It was almost yeah, like yeah. he'd go for a big glass of wine and I'd go for my morning coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd be drinking coffee too. Yeah. So I'd be like, I think that wine just took that edge off. Okay. And it can hints why they're looking at it or yeah. looking better looking at it than looking for it. Yeah. It would be there. Yeah. Just made you feel calmer. I know. More and ready to face the day. This with it. is it. Then there was a day when just when I think everything got a bit too much for me in mm-hmm. regards to my home life, my work, yeah. where I was about myself and where mm-hmm. I was as a person. And on my lunch break, I had a glass of wine. And I think at that particular time, it it felt it felt normal because I seen other people doing it. Okay. Yeah. Because I was in the midst of it all. Yeah. But I suppose in reality, I'm kind of going, oh well, you know, that was that was kind of the initial boom. That's okay to do that. Okay. So that's where I would yeah. have a drink in the morning, a drink on my lunch. Yeah. And then it became I'd leave work and have a drink. Yeah. So it was, yeah. that was my, it was like a certain, it was a routine. Yeah, it, was a routine. it was like your three meals a day. Yeah. yeah. And then I was leaving. It's normalized. Then I was leaving my, let's say, then I was leaving work or town or wherever it may be. And I was going buying the wine for home. And then I was buying the bottle of beer because it tasted better. And it became a vicious circle where I kind of got lost. And genuinely, I did get lost in I, I think I became I think I became drunk all the time. I didn't really know what was happening. And that sounds horrible, but I think it was a constant pick me up that I was living on. Like my counselor when I went through rehab, which I will which we'll chat on in a while, is he said to me, you know, what life did you live in? Explain yourself. The life that I lived in, and the only the only way I can describe it or say it is, it was Las Vegas. Um, and that lifestyle then brought me to Oxford, where I England over in England, yeah. England. Wow. So England. England. <laughs> <laughs> over the water. Past <laughs> the pond, like. Oh wait, the other way. Yes. <laughs> so I I had enough of of everything that I had here, and I packed up my belongings because mentally I couldn't cope here and um, packed up what I had and I went on a bus from Dublin to Oxford Um, it was actually on the day of my birthday was so this a water bus? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, the Viking one is it? <laughs> obviously I was like intoxicated well I, I did probably, yeah I was definitely intoxicated I think but I had everything with me I had cash I had money in my bank I had a, I had a significant couple of thousand to do mm-hmm. me like mm-hmm. the day of my birthday I land in Oxford. I got the bus from Dublin to London. Got the bus in from London to Oxford. You can't get a bus there. You can. How do you get a ferry? Oh right, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, there's, there's no fucking bridge. Yeah, that's what I said. Was it the Viking one from Dublin? So got on the bus anyway from Dublin Port on the ferry. Okay. Landed over in London <laughs> and then went on to Oxford. Yeah. Um, and I, my phone broke and I found this shop. Uh phony fix shop and they they said they look after it so I came out and I met this group of people standing it was like a little square for all the world yeah um there was three guys and three girls and 
they were like chit chatting, blah blah blah, and one of them asked me for a lighter. Okay. So I gave him the lighter, and then they got no, they got hold of my accent. They were like, "Oh, you're Irish, blah blah,", blah. and it was like, "Yeah, we were chatting it within three or four minutes." Yeah. My birthday came up, and they were like, "Oh, we should go for drinks." Hello, I was hooked straight away. Yeah, I was like, you're yeah. like, yes, best friend. Yes. Yeah. So that was great. Went for drinks with them, and a couple of hours later, I was waking up behind the nightclub with nothing, only the clothes that were on my back, and my passport in my pocket. They had robbed you. Robbed me of everything oh I gosh. absolutely had, and from that point, I ended up. On the streets in Oxford for 12 months on drinking constantly. Um, and I was on heroin and crack cocaine as well. Mother of So Christ. that was a fucking, that part of my life. That, that brought me to the lowest part of my life where I started genuinely to believe that after all those years of being told that I wasn't good enough, that I thought that was the only place for me was sleeping on the street. Okay. Oh my God. And how did you get out of that? Um, my, my, my dad actually came over to bring me home from Oxford. Now, at that time, I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in the right frame of mind because How drugs, did they find out? Um, my family had put out a missing persons because they my didn't gosh. know where I, I had, hadn't told him I'd gone. Or they didn't know where I was. So it was these two lady kind of police officers that found me on the street and they were like, they had a picture of me and they were like, you're this person. Your mm-hmm. family think you're fucking dead or something. Mm-hmm. So, oh gosh, bless them. Yeah, so I still wasn't having none of coming home because yeah. I was in a drug buzz and fucking yeah. shooting like, up. And, yeah. and that was the severity of it. You know, in fucking toilets, under subways, injecting myself or drinking bottles or stealing to buy drink or mm-hmm. stealing to get drink, should I say. Mm-hmm. And that's where alcohol brought me. That was the depth of my lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. I finally came home and I kind of started to see... I came home and I went cold turkey straight away. Mm-hmm. Of course, my body had to adjust to this and... With so the it was your mother, dad, basically, who made you reload? Yes. And I suppose, for me, it was... And him dragging you back home. Yeah. I didn't initially come home at him at that time, but I came home after that because I knew I had to, or else I'd be dead. Mm-hmm. I came home from Oxford, seven and a half stone. Um, I was a complete shell of my former self so I suppose with that I started to come off the the drugs um, and that was a very very painful process you know mentally physically it was the rats it was crawls it was you see shit man it was I wouldn't wish it on my worst fucking enemy Mm -hmm. like it was horrible the drinking still continued the drinking it got a bit heavier it was still there it was fucking always going to be there and that brought me to a place where I had been beaten up from my partner um and between August 17 and January 18 I had five seizures between the August through December and I had the sixth one in January. My housemate found me lying on my sitting room floor after a massive seizure. I got ambulance to the University Limerick, Hospital Limerick, and at 20, 25 at the time, with a fucking colostomy bag, seven and a half stone, withered because of drink. 
that's where drink and drugs brought me to. Lying in a bed, my family not knowing was I going to make it. And for the doctors to tell me if I didn't dress, as in not even drastically, if I didn't basically cop my shit on. Like the drink had to go. Yeah. They told me that I would not see my 26th birthday if I didn't stop drinking. But what was the first thing I did when I got outside that door waiting for my dad to collect me? Went to the off license with the colostomy bag, holding it to get an egg and a vodka because I couldn't see myself going without it. Yeah. That's where it brought me. You know, and that's when I knew if I'd be dead, I wouldn't be here now. Mm-hmm. So that's where I had to go. Yes, I did it for me. One million percent. Mm-hmm. I went to rehab for me. And I know that's going to sound so selfish yeah. of me to say, but. No, not at all. That's the best thing you could have I done. I went for me, but more so I went for my family. Like my family are my fucking rock. My yeah. friends are my everything. I love mm-hmm. my friends. But I knew I had to, I knew I had to get better. I knew mm-hmm. I had to go and get help or else I would not. I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't survive. So with the help of my family and with the help of people around me, counselors I well. counsellors and doctors oh, yeah. and like I've at the time I had amazing support. I went to Kumura. It's um a foundation. It's absolutely fantastic. It saved my life. Okay. Where's sp- that? That's in Brewery. Okay. Um I spent three months in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardest three months of my life I can laugh about it now I shouldn't laugh but I fucking can laugh mm-hmm. because I worked my absolute balls off and you're in a much better place now like, I'm I'm me today I yeah. can be true to who I am I have a very clear message of where I have come from yes. you know Amazing. I'm a country boy I don't think I'm an anybody I don't want to be this influencer i don't want to be a blogger i don't want to be be i want to be me and i want to help and not apologize for it i'm sorry for all i'm sorry now for all the times that i kept saying i was sorry yeah do you know i was never i was never a bad guy i never did wrong anybody Mm -hmm. i never hurt anybody i never intentionally went out to maliciously damage anybody's feelings or like i've never raised a hand to anybody yeah do you know i'm not that person but then you have fucking perceptions and people think you're this person. Yeah. Like people straight up look at me and they're like, oh, he's full of shit. Yeah. That's a known thing. That's fine, love. You, yeah. say, you say I'm full of shit. You don't fucking know what road I've had to travel. Yeah. Yeah. To get where I am to today. Yeah, fair enough. And I'm not doing a pity party mm-hmm. here. I experienced what I've experienced. I firmly believe that I was put on this planet for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had to go through the shit. To get where I am to today, but it makes me a fucking stronger person. Yeah. And I am the person I am because of all of that. And the people I have around me today is making me the person I really fucking am. And all I want to do now is because I'm physically and mentally in the best possible place. Mm -hmm. I want to get my message out there to all of the younger, let's say the teenagers. Yeah. The, yeah. the young adults who are just starting off. Yes. Yeah. But you also, I'm not, and I'm not just doing this for the young generation. Yeah. I'm doing this for those Everybody. people. I'm doing it for the people out there that are, are suffering right this second, that are listening, that are suffering. I'm saying it for the person that is home that is contemplating something, yeah. that is contemplating their life. Yeah. You know, it's not bad. It's, it, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. That, you know, the, everybody has... To speak up about it and get yes. help. 
you know, amazing. we all have that one person, you know, and it's okay. A lot of people out there don't have anybody, you know, that's where I want to, you know, as I said, I'm only this you one wanna person. You want to be that person I wanna be, that I wanna you be, needed. I want to stand up and I want to be an advocate and I want to absolutely represent the power that can be there in young male men. Yeah. And that's inspirational. Where we should end it. Yeah. I think. I just want to thank you. So thank much you so much for, for and thank you so much for Being choosing so us. And choosing it was my absolute pleasure. I'm blessed to be here thank and you. thank you so much. We're blessed to have We're blessed you. to have you here. And I want to just to let anybody know and to mm-hmm. tell everybody that I'm here if you anybody needs to talk you know drop me a DM literally. or we'll share yeah. socials everywhere guys you know I'm here and whoever's in need yeah always you know and that's it Bye thank guys. you so much love thank you. you so much we love you